Hi, this is Tyler Schnudy, and you're listening to On Your Way Out, a podcast of Providence Church. On this platform, we're having conversations with members of our community and beyond about making more and better disciples of Jesus and what it means for us as we leave the walls of the church building and enter the world. So welcome into the Profcast. All right, everyone, welcome into On Your Way Out. So glad you could join us this week for another conversation as we're diving into our role as Christians, our role as people who are a part of Providence Church, and more importantly, people who are a part of the kingdom of God. Um, what does it mean for us to live out the gospel and to live out our mission of making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ? Uh, I'm really excited this week to have a couple friends on with me that I've been getting to know this year uh, super well, and I've just really grown to appreciate their hearts for the Lord, their hearts for mission, um, their hearts for um, just this community. And we've partnered together in a pretty cool way that we'll talk about in a little bit here, I think. Um, but I just want to introduce them. This is my friend Austin and Tate Bottoma. So thanks for being on, guys. Hey, thanks so much for, for having us. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Tyler. This is, this is great. Yeah, I'm really excited to just hear some of your ideas and thoughts about um, kind of what we're getting into this week. So um, maybe I just, for people that don't know you, which is most people probably listening to this podcast, um, talk a little bit about your work with Overland Mission. So is that something that you guys have been a part of long term? Is that something that just started this year? Um, how did you get involved with Overland Missions, which you guys have been a part of, and um, what has been your experience to this point with that? Yeah, so the the vision behind Overland is really reaching the the most unreached places in the world, like places mm-hmm. that have never had the the gospel come to their place, uh, a completely gone village in the middle of Africa mm-hmm. um, that that is developed in witchcraft and whatnot is. It's kind of our, our focus and getting to those people, making disciples out of them and like raising them up to be leaders themselves. So they have a three months advanced missions training that I attended in 2016 when I was 17 years old and I was still in high school. <laughs> My now wife, Tate, um, we were in class together and hmm. um, I started leading expeditions into these super unreached villages even when I was in high school. My, yeah, my, my junior, summer, junior, senior summer. And then my senior year, Overland was like, hey, if, if you want to join this team, we'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. And I started fundraising, got fully funded in two months, and kind of awesome. been over in Africa leading expeditions and whatnot since. Yeah. And then Tate and I just got married. Yeah, yeah. In this past summer, right? Yeah, in May. Yeah, we yeah. just got married in May. And um, yeah, back during high school, during that time when Austin and I met, right? right before he went to Africa for the first time. And um, we actually started dating right when he got back. Mm-hmm. But kind of in my life, that was a very pivotal point as um, that year before is when I actually dedicated my life to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, then God brought Austin into my life. It was such a God thing. Mm-hmm. And through him, I was opened up to a new community of believers who were able to disciple me and raise me mm-hmm. up. And um, just over time, God just started breaking my heart for the people who have, you know, never heard of the gospel before, mm-hmm. never had the opportunity to hear the name of Jesus. And so mm-hmm. um, when we were in seniors in high school, like God gave me this vision of just countries around the world and arrow going and jumping all those countries. And like, just I knew that these were the plans that God had for me. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I'm currently a senior at Hope College. Um, I felt like God wanted me to w- go to college first. Um, mm-hmm. which has been amazing, and it's just been a time of growth and development. Uh, but now that we just got married in May, and uh, we'll be moving over to Africa full-time this next March, 
and uh, yeah, working with Overland Missions. So mm. we're super excited. Yeah, that's so so exciting. And so, are you guys both from the West Michigan area? Uh, I am originally. I grew up here. Um, Yeah, my family's been here since they came over from the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Um, Dutch people in Holland and Zealand, so I've been here forever. But I'm from Texas, but moved here in 2014. Okay, but I mean, same typical Typical bringing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Typical Christian family. Mm -hmm. Go to church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Youth group on Wednesday nights. Sure, that kind of stuff. That was me too. Yep. And so both of you felt, even before you met each other, kind of a calling into this. Would you say that's true? Um, Into just going out into different parts of the world and sharing the gospel with people that have never heard the gospel? I definitely did. I mean, my parents met in South Africa, and Mm -hmm. we were going to move to Botswana when I was a a kid. And Africa has always been in my blood. But doing this full-time, being a missionary, I always had this, like, weird taste or, like, Mm -hmm. preconception of what a missionary is, like Mm -hmm. a woman with pigtails and her sure. skirt and oh, yeah. with a, a Bible in one hand. <laughs> um, but then realizing that it's, especially with what we are doing, it's more trailblazing like David Livingston, trying to find new villages, making disciples, preaching the gospel, moves of God that are happening all across yeah. Africa. It's really, really cool. But yeah. Tate, I don't think you, no. missionary really was the last no. thing on your Last radar. thing. <laughs> so even when you started going to Hope, that wasn't, necessarily what you were thinking at that point it was it was oh, but point, okay. it took most of my life I always thought like oh medical field or I, I knew I from the from it for as long as I can remember that I wanted to do something to help people like I have a very servant heart and so I always wanted to help people but that came more about of like oh help people with their health and help people in the medical realm or or, or be a teacher and help kids. You know, mm-hmm. it was more of like help people in the physical and yeah. not the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until like I gave my life to the Lord that I realized that, okay, being a Christian is more than just going to church on Sunday mm-hmm. and going to youth group and checking off the boxes, reading my Bible every day and praying every night before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we are we are called as Christians to now actively go out and share our faith with mm-hmm. other people. I mean, the Great Commission, the last thing that Jesus shared before he rose into heaven was, you know, go into the world and make disciples. And, you know, that's what we're called to do. Like our faith is not just for ourselves, but it's for like to share with other people. We have mm-hmm. this this gift, this new life, and, you know, why, why, how could we just keep it to ourselves? Yeah. Um, and when I started to realize that, I was like, wow, like, th- I can't believe there's people who, you know, they don't know Jesus. They're, they're, they're not going to go into heaven. And, and it, God, like, broke my heart for mm-hmm. people. And that's when I started to realize, like, I can use a servant heart for not just the physical things, but also, like, the spiritual mm-hmm. things. Um, and so it wasn't until my senior of high school that I that I got a call to mm. ministry. And even even when I had that radical moment with God, I was like, "No, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. too. I was the shy person in yep, our in our yep. high school, and I can't speak in front of people. You know, I can't. I can't go live in a tent. I can't mm. go poop in a out in a uh, outhouse. I yeah. can't do this. Um, but but when you're in the will of the Lord, that's the best place to be, mm-hmm. and He takes care of you. Yeah, yeah. And um, He He has given us His Holy Spirit that now speaks through me. It's not out of my yeah. own strength and my own might. It's out of His. So just learning that and fully surrender to Him has, you know, given me the 
the motivation and the will to just keep going. And like the confidence, right? The confidence, yeah. I think part of what you said is that like you felt like you didn't have a confidence in yourself in some of those ways, but you've received a confidence in the Holy Spirit and a confidence in God that's using you to do those things. Exactly. Which is so beautiful. And I love that because I think that's so, that's right where all of us are when we receive something like maybe God is calling us to do something. Often it is things that we're not ready for or we don't mm-hmm. feel like we yeah. are prepared for in our own strength. Very and true. that's where we have to rely on God. Yeah. And I think we've seen that in the last, whatever, four or five years for you. Um, exactly. That's just, yeah, that's a really cool example of, of God using someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to get into a little bit about how you've kind of experienced some of this in West Michigan and, and a little bit of my involvement in your, in your guys' life this year a little bit. Um, but I would also love to hear the last three months, you guys just got back from Zambia last week. Yeah. Um, and there's some pretty cool stuff that you guys are a part of and that you're now preparing for going back to Zambia next summer. And we talked about a little, we had a meeting last week and we talked a little bit about it and I might be joining you in Zambia. We'll see. Come on. Um, which would be sweet. But, um, what is kind of your heart? What is Overland Missions doing in Zambia right now? And how have you been involved with that mission out there? We have about what would you say, maybe 60, 70 Western missionaries yeah. in Zambia all throughout in all different provinces in the bush, mm-hmm. uh, taking on villages that are completely unreached. And kind of with the involvement, we've been leading expeditions into, if like a missionary wants to start a new Bible study in the village, then he'll come to us and be like, hey, can you lead a team of people into that village and we'll go and, and share the gospel to those people. And so that's kind of been my involvement with them for the past few years, leading expeditions. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we've we've been asked to take on something different and super exciting where my heart just starts jumping mm-hmm. called chief chaplaincy where the the this this the tribal leadership in Zambia is is so in, d- developed with witchcraft and mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is just not following the lord and the the gospel is 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 ready and they they are willing to to listen to what god has in store for them mm-hmm. but it's just not happening. There's nobody yeah. sharing. And so we came up with this thing called chief chaplaincy where we're putting a man of God, like in the Bible where a, a, a king and a priest, uh, the same thing, a, mm-hmm. a chief and a chaplain mm-hmm. to disciple the the chief and the decisions that he makes and yeah. to, to bring the leader of hundreds of thousands of people to Christ. Because mm-hmm. when, when your leader, when you're the chief, they look at him as a father to the yeah. people. And when that is is happening, when your father is, is following this, other king named Jesus, it opens up the door for the gospel to be mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. So really cool. We're super excited for it. How many chiefs throughout Zambia would be the dream? Like, I guess it would be all of them, right? All of them. There's Which 288. 288. Yeah. So that would require 288 uh, chaplains to yeah. be invested in walking with these chiefs. Yeah. And it, the chaplains are appointed by the chiefs. Mm-hmm. And right now we have 155 chaplains. Wow. Um, discipling and whatnot the chiefs mm-hmm. and then by the end of next year we want to have every single chief in zambia have mm-hmm. a man of god by their side discipling them counseling them in the decisions that they make mm-hmm. uh, to advance the the gospel throughout zambia that's yeah. amazing yeah that's you know that's world changing you know when that yeah. becomes when that comes to fruition if you have every single like tribal leader in the country of zambia being led by the will of jesus that is that changes. I mean, that changes the whole country. But then that maybe hopefully continues to spread from there, right? It's yeah. and it's spreading right now. Madagascar yeah. called us and they're like, "We want chief chaplaincy in Madagascar." The king of Madagascar is seeing what's happening. He's like, "Please, 
yeah. do this to my chiefs. And yeah. the same with Zimbabwe, Angola, and Malawi. Those are four mm. nations that we have the open door right now. So cool. And we just need the manpower and the finances. Yeah. So yeah. We'll talk about that later on. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's so cool because um, Overland takes both approaches where they, they start with the people and go into these villages and sit on one with the people. But we also take the approach of going to the leadership as well. And when a chief gives his life to Christ and starts leading his chiefdom in the ways of the Lord, the people follow. Like, here here in America, like, yeah, we listen and follow the authority of our president, our governors, and everything. But if, you know... We we don't we're not we're not so devoted to them mm-hmm. that like if they start this new religion that all of America is gonna follow. Sure. As, but if for Zambians if their chief comes to Christ all the people follow mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it's it's so cool to see how just this can truly transform Zambia it can transform Africa mm-hmm. just from the leadership down. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so we're super super excited to be a part of yeah. it. Yeah. So are you two personally going to be chaplains of chiefs? No, we, okay. we raise up the chaplains. So gotcha. the, the, the chaplain is a Zambian man, you know, or, gotcha. or whatever country we're so in. So you are discipling the chaplain, essentially, yeah. yes. and raising them up. Yep. Yes. For when you when you leave next summer, yeah. um, do you have the people right now, like the manpower to go out there and have these people for every chaplain if, with Overland Missions? Or are you still kind of raising up those leaders that would become those those chaplains? Yeah, the, the chaplains are men of God that are already respected by the chief mm-hmm. and the chief already listens to mm-hmm. and we we don't put the chaplain in place the the chief we we share the vision of chief chaplaincy to the to the chief and mm-hmm. then he gives us a man of god that he mm-hmm. will respect and that he will listen to i see and then we we raise that person up to like hey you you have the power to disciple this this yeah. this chief because even though he's a king you have the king of kings living inside mm-hmm. of you Mm-hmm. And and just filling that that mm-hmm. chaplain up, and then sending him to be the right hand man to the chief. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's the best way to do it. You can't put a. There's no other other mm-hmm. way that you can do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be Zambians right. that change yeah. Zambia. The white the white man can't come in and be the one to change. It's got to yeah. be. It's got to be from the inside out for sure. Right. Yeah, for sure. So I want to ask you guys, um, you guys have had sort of like these revival nights out there with these um, new Christians and some of these people that you've been walking with. And we've kind of been a part of what we would have called revival nights out here in West Michigan Yeah. Um, this past summer and, and moving forward with this thing called Worship in the Woods, which um, many of you might have students that have come to Worship in the Woods, um, or you may have heard about it um, this is a pretty new thing that we've been a part of since, I guess, June was the mm-hmm. first one. Um, and I got involved with it. It's even hard to remember how because it was so random. But um, <laughs> I had a friend, Trent, who I guess was friends with Austin and saw the first worship in the woods that you guys did, which was a pretty small kind of just get together worshiping God yeah, on Saturday ten night. Ten people or so. Ten people. And Trent reached out to you and said, hey, if you needed someone to help lead worship, um, I'd love to be a part of that. That looks really cool. So you guys said, sure. And then Trent got in touch with me and was like, hey, Tyler, do you want to do this worship thing with me next week? And I was like, sure. And then so we came <laughs> and we led worship. And it was one of the coolest nights that I've been a part of that I can remember of just super open, expressive freedom in Christ worship. Um, not a part of a church. It's these people from all these different congregations, maybe, um, just coming out into the woods and worshiping and it came at the time, around that time, obviously, as you know, that churches, I think most churches were not meeting in person. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was kind of this cool 
this was a, a place where people could come and worship um, in a safe way outside. And um, we have just seen this kind of explode from there. Um, I would love to hear you guys share just about like where that came from, that you guys wanted to start that. Um, and what is your what is your heart behind worship in the woods and what do you see it becoming? Yeah, so Austin and I got married in, in May. During the middle of the pandemic, everything is going crazy. And um, actually, Austin was originally supposed to go back to Zambia in April, April 15. But then, of course, in March when everything, you know, went south, um, his plane tickets got canceled and he wasn't even allowed to get in the country. And so he uh, had to stay in the States throughout the summer. And I was supposed to do a three-month mission training program. Uh, the one that Austin first did when he uh, encountered Overland. Mm -hmm. And that also got canceled. And so all of our plans that we had for the summer to be in Africa were just falling apart. And mm -hmm. we were going to be stuck here in America in quarantine. We're like, oh, man, God, like we had all these amazing plans to do ministry in Africa. We were like, so excited. Like, why? Why did this happen? And um, then one day we were like, well, I mean, if we're going to be in quarantine all summer, you know, why not Why not do it married? <laughs> <laughs> so sure. we moved up our, many, our, our wedding um, three, four months mm -hmm. and just got married in the woods uh, right by the house that we were going to move into. We had a total of 22 people there. Mm -hmm. And it was a small, intimate gathering in the woods. And for Austin's bachelor party, they went out into the woods. They cleared the ground. They put down wood chips. They hung up Christmas lights. And it was just this beautiful enchanted space that we got married in mm -hmm. and it was just so perfect and while we're at our reception that night we're sitting there under all the lights and um just like wow thinking you know it'd be kind of cool to like have some friends out here do some worship sometime like mm -hmm. I would hate to just you know use this use this place for our wedding for you know five six hours and then have it just yeah. go to waste and take it down let's keep it up and use it for worship or something and so about a month later, we um, just invited some friends over. Austin has a, a men's group that he does, and I have a women's group that I do. And we're like, hey, let's just have everybody come over. We'll just do some worship. We had one of our friends who just brought a guitar and led worship, and it was great. Like, you know, we just mm -hmm. worshiped for two, three hours, and everybody loved it. And yeah. And then a few weeks later, we're like, let's do it again. Yeah. And our friends came, and they brought more people, <laughs> and more people came, and um, then we're going to have it a third time and, you know, we didn't, we didn't know who to have lead. And that's when Trent reached yeah. out to us and brought Tyler and Loden and their buddies and they led worship and just, it was just a perfect fit. And yeah. it just kept expanding and expanding and God took such a small desire of ours to, uh, just, you know, have some friends over for worship and turn mm -hmm. it into this revival that's happening yeah. in West Michigan and yeah. high school and uh, young adults and even in adults as well, um, which mm. has just been been so cool. I think in this area, like we say, we have a church on every corner, but I feel like in a way this area is so is so dry. Like people are over church, not de church, mm. over church, mm. and and they're they're in a way like sick of the churches, sick of you know just like going to church on Sunday and that being it, and so. Mm -hmm. This just was like a f refreshing in a way of, mm -hmm. you know, let's just get together, worship. It doesn't have structure. It doesn't have, you know, certain rules that we follow. Mm -hmm. It's just all led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And yeah. it just really impacted people's lives. Yeah, And that's what we've been praying for in this mm -hmm. area. I mean, if you're listening to this and you know, and you live in West Michigan, you know what 
the the culture can can be like here mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. there's there's religion without relationship mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's that's been kind of the vision behind worship in the woods is hey let's just get rid of all of the the, the building the lights the mm-hmm. um you know the three songs the pastor preaches for 30 mm-hmm. minutes then you do the one song and then a benediction mm-hmm. and blessing mm-hmm. and everybody goes over to grandma's house and eats meatloaf for, <laughs> for lunch or dinner yeah. or whatever the, you call these um and and we we just followed that and mm-hmm. we followed the holy spirit's prompting and now we, we're seeing so many people give their lives to christ yeah. and people be on fire and then also you know we're doing the, we did a big evangelism event this past saturday where yeah. we just did a teaching on evangelism and the holy spirit and then we went off into holland and you guys hit colin park you guys hit walmart you guys go there mm-hmm. and we split in five groups and just preach the gospel to people yeah. and people give their lives to christ and it's just a it's a movement of God, yeah. yeah, and that's what we're praying for yeah. in West Michigan. It's yeah. a Holy Spirit filled movement of God, yeah. And I think that's uh, an important thing to really to categorize it as, in a sense, because you know, in some ways, you can look at something like Worship in the Woods. We've been doing it every other Saturday, and it has been really powerful. And we've had such amazing moments of encountering the Holy Spirit, people committing their life to Christ, rededicating their life to Christ, people mm-hmm. being freed from addictions. Um, we've seen all that happen. And and yet we we even want more than that. We yeah. don't want it yeah. to just become an internal thing that happens every right. other week. Yeah. We want it to go out and spread, yeah. right? We want these these moments that we're having to go, hey, I'm, ex- I'm experiencing God in this way. The God of Worship in the Woods is the God of tomorrow. He's the God right. of Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. And what can this group do? Um, that's more than just experiencing something every other week, but is is just joining with the Holy Spirit every day, mm-hmm. evangelizing, mm-hmm. you know, f- finding the people that are lost, finding the people that are sick. And, you know, I think that's a cool, in a microcosm, in a way, really what the church is designed to do yeah. is to be the light of the world and to be the salt of the earth. Um so it's just really cool to see that just it came from such a organic small little seed of an idea, right? Mm-hmm. And and yet I think I even have noticed something really cool when when some of the people involved in worship in the woods when we get together and we pray before the service, there's just such this excitement of what God is going to do. Yeah. You yeah. know, like you just feel this excitement because yeah. it's like, oh man, the Holy Spirit's going to do something amazing tonight. And I think we've just sort of seen that in this way where this is so not of ourselves. I think yeah. that's the thing that's really encouraging about it is that God took this thing that you had this little idea for it, and it's just kind of become this ministry that mm-hmm. you didn't necessarily ask for or plan for, but yet I think it is a movement of God in that way because it's not something that we are manufacturing or trying to create ourselves. It's just kind of letting the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do, and we've just seen really amazing examples of people getting to know God in a different way through it. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So... um Kind of what we want to want to ask about both of those experiences, um, and just your your relationship, like you've said, with just the West Michigan culture. Um, Toby's preaching this week about, um, in a lot of ways, the comfort level that we have, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes we we feel that part of. I mean, I can speak for myself. The things that hinder me from really going out and living out my faith in a really impactful way has um, many times to do with my comfort, and I just mm-hmm. choose to be comfortable rather than going out and doing those things. Um, so w- what would you say is, is there any differences in the culture that you've experienced in in Zambia when you've been out there and seen, you know, all 
these people coming to know the Lord, um, seeing being a part of these revivals and um, getting to see you know, these chiefs get to know Jesus and giving their lives to Christ. And you're seeing all these people in turn following their example. Um, you know, we don't see that happen in, on that mm-hmm. scale in West Michigan. Um, what can you speak into that you would see? Like, what differences have you seen and felt and experiences between that time in Africa versus your time that you've had in West Michigan and in the States? Yeah. One of the, um, I actually was talking about this with my women's group this past week. And I think sometimes like, your physical comfort can then relate to your emotional and your spiritual comfort. Mm-hmm. And I think like I, I, I grew up very much in comfort. Like I lived in, in my little square and I never went out of my square, mm-hmm. my square of comfort. And I think that like um, inhibited a lot of the ways that God could have used me. Um, and then like in America here, we, you know, we do really have it really good. We have mm-hmm. it. We are very fortunate to have mm-hmm. like, you know, we can, turn on the faucet and have clean running water. We can flip a light switch and the power comes on. We can take a shower daily. We have clean foodie. We have a grocery store with millions of options of cereal. Like Mm -hmm. uh, all this, all the, there's so many options and opportunities in America, which is, I think is amazing. And, um, it is a blessing to be able to have, but, um, then Mm -hmm. Africa, like you have to walk for for miles to go get water you know you don't have electricity you live in a they live in a mud hut and um and I think of that like that not having that like physical comforts uh physical security Mm. then relates to okay I don't have these physical things that I can depend on but I have a a god that I can depend Mm. on and um so a lot of times like their, their comfort comes from God because they don't have the physical comfort. And so when we go into an area, and a witchcraft is really prominent in a lot mm. of these areas, and there's a lot of darkness and a lot of demonic possession, and mm. uh, just, like, people having bad dreams, even children, like, will come up to ask for prayer because just, they're just all having just bad dreams all the time, and it's so mm. sad. But when we bring the light of Jesus, it just it makes sense. It clicks to them mm. because they've been experiencing all this darkness. And then right. we bring the light and the authority that's in Christ that now, okay, you have, you, you have the authority that's in, in, in you too. Like Christ's authority is now in you. You have the power to, you know, call call the, tell those demons to flee, to tell those bad dreams to go away. Mm-hmm. And so then their comfort is now in Christ. Yeah. And I, and then I feel like in America and like I grew up in this of, you know, you have all these comforts, you know, when we're sick, we go to the doctor. When we need more food, we go to the grocery store. When we need water, we turn on the tap. Mm-hmm. And it's it's easier to rely on ourselves yeah. and rely on the physical um, instead of to rely on mm-hmm. the spiritual. Yeah. And when you talk about being comfortable, mm-hmm. uh, what does Paul say in 2 Corinthians 11? He Doesn't he say something like, three times I was beaten with, with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. Like, yeah. Paul did not live a yeah. comfortable life. Yeah. Yeah. And what is he, I think it says later, like, it's all for the advancement of the kingdom of right. heaven. And it's not a burden. It's not a yeah. burden. And I think us as, as Christians, we are so comfortable in West Michigan. We have our structured church. We have our structured mm-hmm. lives where mm-hmm. the, the, the life of, of being a Christian, a true, like, what Christ told us to live mm-hmm. is not a very planned out, mm-hmm. structured, mm-hmm. 401k Roth IRA kind of lifestyle. Yeah. It's, it's very like, 
hey, you might be thrown in prison. You might be rejected by your community like mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, but it's it's all for the advancement of the kingdom of heaven. And I think that we we need to, as Christians in West Michigan, just like take hold of that mm-hmm. more. Like, mm-hmm. hey, Lord, I fully give my life to you. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it for you. If you want me to to share to this coworker at work mm-hmm. about Christ, invite yeah. him to church, even though he's bashed you so many times and he mm-hmm. might reject me, mm-hmm. like, Lord, just take away the cultural standards that I live upon mm-hmm. and just show me what to do. Give me the words to speak and let me live completely for you where there's yeah. nothing holding back from, from your will on my life. C.S. Lewis has a quote that Toby might share on Sunday, but he says... I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of port would do that. If you want a religion to make you feel to feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. <laughs> Come on, such a good, Amen. such a good quote. But I just think that's I don't know when he wrote that. You know, fifty probably fifty at least fifty years ago. But you know, I think a lot of us, um, if we're honest with how we approach our our faith in Christ and our relationship with Christianity, sometimes. Um, for us, it is another layer of our comfortable lifestyle, you know? Yeah. It kind of just becomes a part of the fabric of how we live. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, in, in one sense, it can be a good thing if it's so ingrained in who you are that, like, my faith in Jesus is just a part of who I am. And I think that's, yeah. what, that's what we want. But if, we, but if it gets to the point of complacency where um, it's just kind of like one step of your, you know, weekly to-do list is, you know, go to church on Sunday, um, and it's not being lived out in a tangible way to reach the lost, and we're not actually a part of that great commission. Yeah. We're missing something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what um, we just really want to encourage us. It's not that um, there's n- there's really no shame in that, in the sense that like we are s- we are new creations. Like yeah. it's not that's that's not a part of who we are anymore. The part of our sinful nature that probably desires that comfort and desires that. Um, um, that apathy, maybe um, God has resurrected us from that, and we get to mm-hmm. join with His Holy Spirit to do this. It's not about us, right? It's about Him. Yeah. Um, so I think that's it's, it's not it's not a it's not a it's not a guilty thing. It's like we just we just get to live with Jesus. Jesus is Jesus' power lives in us now, yeah. um, and we can count everything as loss because um, that's where it's worth so much more than the things that the world has mm-hmm. to, to offer us. Um, so what kind of movements do you see in that way in this community already? I've th- I think Worship in the Woods has been a cool example of it. Yeah. What would you say is like, what do you see happening and what is like your dream for West Michigan? Um, what do you see happening in this way that we've seen a little bit of revival happening? Yeah, I, I've just prayed for just a, a, a pure Holy Spirit filled revival happening across West Michigan. I think a lot of times we, we go to church on Sunday and we learn about God the Father Christ the Son, but then the Holy Spirit is kind of like that crazy uncle that we don't really like to talk about. You know, it's like, oh yeah, there's not really a lot of structure there. But um, if we're gonna if we're gonna complete the the will that Christ has in our lives, like we need to be in tune with what His Holy Spirit is telling us to do. And man, I just want to see West Michigan just on fire for mm-hmm. the Lord. Mm-hmm. People come here and they're like, wow, like these people are just going for it. You know, it's yeah. like the Bible living out yeah. today. And it's, yeah, I, I truly believe that's what we're seeing now. And Worship in the Woods isn't the only, yeah. I'm not saying Worship yeah. in the Woods is the of course. Um, start to that. But, uh, man, it's, it's, it's exciting to see mm-hmm. that there is this hunger mm-hmm. yeah. for relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
I totally agree. I think this, even this pandemic has made the harvest so ripe in West Michigan. Um, You know, like I was saying with all the physical comforts, I think the the pandemic has kind of shaken things up in a way of like, it's so uncertain and the medical um, technology hasn't advanced up to the Mm. coronavirus yet. And so there is definitely uncertainty in this world in ways that we can't rely on the physical. And so people are turning to God and turning to the spiritual realm of, okay, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't, you know, there's all this depression Mm. and anxiety because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and this isolation that people are having and people that are getting sick and doctors aren't knowing exactly how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And people are turning more towards God of like, okay, God, I do need you. Like Mm. you are the one who can provide me comfort. And Mm. someone said to me the other day, man, I wish we could just have a two-week break of peace (laughs) or there's nothing chaotic going on, no riots, no virus, no election craziness. And I was like, but our peace doesn't come from the world. It comes from God. And I think people are so tired of, you know, they're seeing that they can't get their peace from the world (laughs) and it has to come from God. And so I think this is just the perfect time for uh, the harvest is ripe and to just come in and provide uh, that source of peace, like, no, 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 it's not from the world. Mm-hmm. It is from God. And here, we'll show you that you can have a relationship with Jesus. That it, yeah. Christianity isn't going to church on Sunday. It's having a relationship with Jesus, and yeah. that's what brings you peace, yeah. despite your circumstances. I think this year has brought out a lot of that in a way that is almost kind of a positive thing. And like the way you're saying, in, in some of the differences that you've marked in, in other parts of the world is just that f- like even physical dependency on God, right? Mm-hmm. That we don't have. And it's almost like we've been given the gift of like experiencing that a little yeah. bit so that we have to turn our, our eyes and say like, I can't trust in myself for this, right? Yeah. I have mm-hmm. to trust in the Lord. And I even think about that, you know, in looking at this week and, and recording this on Tuesday. So, you know, tonight's going to be crazy, right? And, yeah. and a lot of this country is going to be feeling anxiety and a lot of dismay over whatever happens with this. And you actually shared a word at Worship in the Woods, uh, Tate, about our identity, mm-hmm. about, you know, because you, you, were, you were in Zambia, you were in a different part of the world, and you were just, I think you, God brought you this vision of like, I'm over here across the world, and yet I am bound together with the body of Christ, not yeah. through nations, not through yeah. political parties, but through the Spirit of God. Yep. Um, what kind of like, what did God, what was God speaking to you? Because you, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to tell you guys. So we had done worship in the woods while Austin and Tate were gone in Zambia. So they, because they started back in May and June and then they left for Zambia and they got back and Tate came with like the fire. <laughs> she, fire, she, like, power she preaching. Man, she preached and it was, <laughs> it was awesome. Um, what was God kind of speaking to you in that way? I think that's just really important for us as we think about our identity and even looking at the election coming up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, while I was in Africa, I think the biggest thing that God was like, teaching me was about the kingdom of God. That's something that, you know, we hear about, like, I think growing up in the church can in some way almost, you know, burden us because we hear about these terms so much, but we don't actually know what they mean. And mm-hmm. so for me, that was the kingdom of God of like, yeah, I've heard this so much, but when I really think about it, I don't really know what it actually means. And so this is something that God was kind of teaching me while we were in Africa. And I was thinking about it, like, there's a culture in the kingdom of God, and with everything that's going on in America with the riots, the Black Lives Matter, the election and the political parties just going crazy with each other and people even fighting over whether or not you need to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Like it's just crazy and like stepping mm-hmm. away from it and going to a place where 
um, being surrounded by, uh, by missionaries where identity is solely in Christ hmm. and race doesn't matter, your political party doesn't matter. Yeah. None of that matters. All that matters is Jesus. Hmm. And that, like, this can be brought to America. Like, America can be at this place or just having a problem of identity, of where their identity lies. And when it, al- when it um, is relying on the physical, it, when you attack it, it can, it can be attacked. And when hmm. it gets attacked, you get offended and you get... You lash out at other people. But when it's in Christ, the only person that matters is God. Mm-hmm. And um, like like when, when Christ died on the cross, like he took his our sins with him. Our mm. sins literally died. Like our yeah. old life of sin died. And we got a new life in Christ. That we, we Our identity is now in Christ. Like Paul yeah. says, we are the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. Wow. And... Um, Jesus preached about the kingdom of heaven when he was on earth. And so we are now citizens of the kingdom of heaven, not citizens mm-hmm. of America. And um, mm-hmm. I use the analogy of like America is very much right now, we the people. It's all about us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in charge. I'm in charge of my life. Like, you know, like it's all, it's very selfish, but we need to become a nation, uh, one nation under God. Like, God mm-hmm. is our ultimate authority. Mm-hmm. And uh, we really, we've lost focus of that. And mm-hmm. I think we need to come back to that of, like, you know, it doesn't matter, like, with the election, especially today, like, who who wins? Like, our ultimate authority is God. And, yeah, you yeah. know, we live we live in a, in a, in a heavenly realm. Um, mm-hmm. We are the ambassadors of the heavenly realm on earth, but we're, we're not citizens of this earth. We're citizens yeah. of heaven. Come on. Come on. Come on, and that, and and that changes everything, right? That changes everything about yeah. how we see the world and right. how we see people. We did a series a couple months ago when we were outside yet um, on the fruits of the spirit, and a revelation, I guess, that I felt God was giving me during that time is it's a very simple idea, but it's that um, we often feel like there's even a difference between calling it the fruits of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit singular, because sometimes we think about you know goodness, faithfulness. Um, peace, joy, as these things that we're trying to um, replicate, maybe, or these things that we're trying, like, because I'm like Christ, I want to live in this particular way. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's it's who Jesus is, and it's who we are in Christ. So if we are in Christ, that is who we are. And we don't, we're not able to pick which ones we are. It's just who, what is our identity. It's yeah. the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, you look at a lot of the things that are happening in our country this past year, especially there's not a lot of fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think some of that is just because, you know, as the church and as Christianity, um, maybe we haven't fully lived into who we are in Christ. Um, but that's part of what this revival is that we've, that we're starting to see is, yeah, you know, there's a cool worship night that's happening, but it's not about this worship night. It's about yeah. what is this telling us about who we are yeah. right. and how are we going out from here and making disciples in Christ mm-hmm. like you guys are seeing in Zambia. Yeah. How can we just become the the body of Christ in that way and see people give their lives to the Lord? And at a certain point, yeah, we can have our different opinions about some of these things, but um, our identity is in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Come on. And so if we bring people to, to, to know that truth and to believe that truth and to accept Jesus as their Savior, that's really how the world changes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just really excited to see what God is going to do through you guys. Um, I'm honestly just super pumped to know you and to kind of been getting to know you these last few months. And um, 
whatever God has for worship in the woods, whatever that God has for overland missions, um, I think it's, it is a movement of God. It's the spirit of mm-hmm. God that's leading. And because of that, like, I want to be a part of it and I want to know, I just want to see what's going to happen. And it, yeah. you guys continue just to humble yourselves and surrender yourselves before the Lord and let him use you to do what he's going to do. It's going to be mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. And whatever, you know, the dreams and plans for overland missions are, um, that you guys have right now, maybe that's what God's going to do, but maybe it's something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who knows? Right. Yeah. Um, but I, what I love is that um, you're following that humbly and you guys have, like even you said, Tate, this is not something that you thought you were going to do, mm-hmm. but you've you've answered that call yeah. and God's using you, right? Um, so I just want to thank you guys for what you're doing. Um, Dude, we're honored to know you too. Yeah. We're so excited to see what, what, what God does through you and mm-hmm. through Providence and Toby. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing to see like, the, that you guys are coming on board with this revival mm. that's happening mm-hmm. yeah. in West Michigan. Yeah. It's totally. amazing. And with 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 God using you, like if you're listening to this and you just feel like, I don't feel like I'm being used by God. Mm. Lord, I, I feel like I'm living my entire life for, for myself or for my family. Like, mm. am I doing your, your will? God doesn't look for the most the valid Victorian of the class. Mm. He doesn't look for the, the <laughs> smart. I think he looks for the most willing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And mm-hmm. if if that's your heart and that's your position towards God, just say, Lord, like, use me. Mm. I just mm-hmm. want to be used. Whatever your will is for my life. And then when he does something, it's probably going to be uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. It's probably not going to be culturally what you think is the best thing to do. Yeah. But do it because yeah. it's the Lord's will for your life and there is no better plan than that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, Tate, would you pray Yeah. for us as we leave? Yeah. Oh, Lord, we just we just thank you for how good you are to us, that, you know, our, our identity is found in you, and that we are no longer, you know, identified by this world, we're no longer identified by our sins and our brokenness, but we have a new life in you, and um, we are your righteousness, Father. Mm. So we just, Lord, we just ask you to strip away all of our comforts, that we don't let that be a barrier to the plans that you have for mm. us. Father, we ask that you just you just give us the boldness and the bravery to step over that line of line of comfort and to go out and do the ministry that you have called us to, Father, because mm-hmm. it is our job as Christians to go out in the world and to share your name with other people. Mm-hmm. And so, Father, we ask that you just continue to use us, that you work in our hearts and you work in our lives. And, Father, we just pray for America, that you continue to have this revival just sweep across the nation and that more people come to know you. And so, Father, we just ask that you use us to bring that revival. We thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for what you're doing here at Providence and what you're doing through Pastor Toby and all the congregation. Father, we just ask that you speak to people through this podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Of course. Well, I promised uh, the audience last week that we would be talking with some high schoolers this week. We ended up changing our plans for a couple different reasons. So next week, we're going to have a few guests um, talking about high school and discipleship um, in our couple different high schools in this area. So check us out next week on, on the podcast, and we'll be having those conversations. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>